Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. The question is, what might a day look like when God says to us, well done? Answered by men now, whom like Teddy Roosevelt once noted, were actually in the arena. This is the first episode of a five-part series titled, Men from the Arena. From the small town of Hayward, Iowa, Brian Hansen chose Sioux Falls College for his Hall of Fame career, lettering four years in football at tight end and punter. He was twice named First Team All-Conference, twice named First Team All-District 12 for the NAI, and twice named First Team NAI Division II All-American. He was selected as a punter in the ninth round of the 1984 NFL Draft by the New Orleans Saints, and his career lasted parts of 16 years in the NFL. Brian has spent his post-NFL career serving with a Fellowship of Christian Athletes Ministry here in South Dakota. Well, I just, I took this interest in punting and just started kicking the ball. I'd be out before every practice kicking the ball, and I'd be out after practice kicking the ball, and every time I had a, an opportunity. And somehow, I got a whopping $500 scholarship to go to Sioux Falls College. Again, that was in a stepping stone to the NFL. I wasn't even thinking about that, but as my hunting progressed and there was some interest by some token scouts that just happened to show up to see if there was anything, you know, worth looking at, they took an interest and said I had some potential and ended up getting drafted by the Saints in 1984. In my wildest expectations, just getting noticed, getting an opportunity to get into an NFL camp, that was my realistic expectation at. You know, I realized that the day I got drafted, I was working at a casino uh, in Reno, Nevada, and the people that I was living with, a basement bedroom for 50 bucks a month, uh, came out and told me, you just got drafted by the New Orleans Saints. I was, uh, I was a little surprised because I didn't think that was going to happen. The first thing that I did was the MGM Grand Casino in Reno, Nevada had a chapel. Much immediately went to that chapel, got on my knees, and I can't remember exactly what the words were of the prayer, but it was an acknowledgement of who he was and what he had done and what he had made possible. And I, uh, in some way, shape or form, just prayed that I could honor him with this opportunity, the abilities that he had given me. Uh, never in my wildest dreams did I think I would, you know, make the team, let alone go to the Pro Bowl my rookie year. So as I'm standing there on the sideline, you can imagine running out of the the tunnel in the Louisiana Superdome, uh, 80,000 people. Uh, when I had played in maybe uh, front of 500 people at a homecoming game at Howard Wood Stadium, uh, it was a little overwhelming. And I'm standing there on the sideline looking across the field, playing the Redskins, uh, Joe Theismann and, and Art Monk and John Riggins and guys that I had watched as a kid. And I'm like, what in the world am I doing here? There wasn't a game I, I think that went by that I, I didn't stand during the national anthem and have that, that same thought, just kind of a, an awareness or uh, just an awe of, well, I've been given a great opportunity here. And this is a great blessing. And it's something that I didn't do on my own and something I can't, I can't do on my own. I can't continue in this, in my own strength, in my own ability that this is, this is from above. You know, I'm sure you've been around good coaches and bad coaches. Uh, I mean, you have some perspective on that. First of all, as a player at all different levels from 
peewee baseball to high school sports to college and, and professional levels. Uh, I got to see a lot of coaches and uh, a lot of different coaching philosophies and what made a coach successful, what made them likable, and just what set them apart. You know, I look at my experience in the NFL, the, uh, the number of coaches that I played for that were successful coaches. So I got to see a lot of different approaches that really left an impression on me. Guys that did some things very well, and you could see why they were successful, and guys that did some things that uh, needed a lot of uh, improvement. You know, I look at the list of guys that I played for, uh, starting with Bum Phillips, and his coaching philosophy, I think for the most part, was keep it simple. I was certainly a player's coach. But then I got to play with guys like Pete Carroll and uh, Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells, who would be in a category all of their own as very successful coaches. They were all unique in their approaches and in their philosophies. What a blessing to be able to, to see these guys and to see the way that they coached and to be able to have a greater understanding how to coach, how to be a successful coach, and what's really important as a coach. But as I look back, back to my college days when I had uh, two coaches that had a tremendous impact in my life and a, and a lasting impact was Dave Schrader at, at Sioux Falls College and Bob Young at Sioux Falls College that had a different approach, a different perspective. Uh, they were both very successful, but they left a, a lasting, eternal impression on me that, uh, that changed my life. And so when I look at you know, defining a successful coach, you know, I, look, I look at them having a greater impact than these guys that were successful at a higher level, what Dave Schrader and Bob Young did for guys like me. You know, at the end of the day, when you're looking back at did I have an impact, was I a transformational coach? I don't know that the, uh, the guys that I played for in the NFL, other than you know having some good seasons and winning some trophies and some championships, other than that, uh, there were some things that they did that were certainly beneficial, helped develop me as a player, but not necessarily as a as a man. And I guess through through what I've what I've learned and what I've experienced is it comes down to making a choice in what we're going to value, what we're going to pursue. You know, I saw that through athletics and through my through my football career. Uh, just looking back, you know, I sitting in the locker room, I had on one side of me a guy that was uh, everybody knew. He knew everybody. He was uh, an all-pro, an eventual Hall of Famer. Uh, he had all the things that the, the world can offer, and and then some. I mean, he literally had the key to the city, and uh, there wasn't a restaurant that he went to or a bar that he went into that he didn't get a free meal or he didn't get a free drink. And uh, he was, I mean, he was hooked up, and uh, he knew where to go. And he knew everybody, and he invited me into that world. Very enticing. Um, the other other side of me, uh, next to me in my locker, was a, a no-name quarterback that nobody knew. I don't know that ever played a, a regular season down, third-string quarterback. But he invited me into his world. And that was uh, a Bible study in an NFL locker room with about six or seven guys from the New Orleans Saints. That I thought it would be a good idea to go to that. My motive that was far from pure. But in that, I began to hear God's word. I began to hear the testimonies of these other players that had a, a growing, loving relationship with the Lord. And so I had to make a decision, uh, like we all do, you know, which which direction am I going to go? I mean, I had these uh, two extreme opposites. It was like I could live by God's word and, and go in this direction, or I could live in the world 
and uh, wallow in the in the muck. Praise the Lord, backup quarterback in my life, and the coaches and the uh, teammates that you know were part of that journey, and that I am thankful for. How many years did you uh, did you play, Brian? Uh, parts of sixteen. I played for Bill Belichick for three years. That was his first head coaching gig. Far from genius status at that point, but uh, learned some valuable lessons from from Bill. You know how to stay focused, and I mean he was a stickler about that in practice. You know, working on things, a tremendous amount of of focus and uh, attention to details in every little thing. So that was a neat opportunity. Although he was a, a unique guy. Great opportunity from there. I went to New York, played for Pete Carroll, Richie Kotite, and Bill Parcells. Just thankful and counting my blessings that I got to play as long as I did. Two days. So in, in working with coaches over all this time, what, what do you think when you would say from a coach's perspective, what's a day look like that God would say, well done? You know, I think expectation or what God expects of you or what he requires of you. I look at Micah 6.8 where it says, you know, what, what does God require? He requires that you act justly, that you love mercy, and that you walk humbly with your God. The way that we have dealt with people, the way that we have lived our lives to say, you know, have I done done the right thing? Have I acted justly? Uh, have I loved mercy? Have I been merciful uh, to those that have offended me or unjustly accused me? And what coach hasn't gone through something like that? To go through the adversity and to say that I've responded in love and I've responded in in mercy and that I have walked humbly with my God. That you understand you were uh, you were created. That you have a Creator that has created you uniquely and specifically for a purpose, and you realize that He has you where He wants you to be. He has placed you there. That. Position and promotion come from nowhere on earth but from above. And to see that as, you know, a gift, to see that as an opportunity, to see it as a chance to, to be a, an example, to be a voice, to speak into the, into the, the lives, into the hearts, into the minds of these, these athletes, and take advantage of that opportunity to see that as your, as your ministry. A small-town boy who grew up and made it to the show, lasting 16 years with the best who ever played the game. A small prayer of thankfulness, asking for God's strength and courage to compete every day. The humility to recognize God's presence in making choices in life. The conviction to say yes when God calls you to lead. Keep it simple. That's genius. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Come and see us next week when Phil Olson, nine-year NFL veteran, shares his story on Men from the Arena. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum.